It's Monday and we're back at it. This week, Matt talks to Danielle Hall from Watchpoint. Watchpoint is based out of Florida and they have a unique service they offer their clients. They've created a social media monitoring platform that they market to high profile clients and to parents of children to monitor bullying. Danielle hops on to discuss both platforms. This episode is brought to you by Crosstracks Case Management Software. Crosstracks now offers CTX Vision, a fully integrated video conferencing platform built into Crosstracks. The videos you host go directly into your video tab. Crosstracks also integrates with programs you already use like QuickBooks, DelphPoint, ScopeNow, Investigation Video Editor, Word, and more. The integrations combine with powerful features such as automated audio transcription and report generation help investigators generate revenue and improve efficiency. The system can be customized for any investigative specialty. So start your free trial today at crosstracks.co. Use promo code PIP20. The next issue of PI Magazine is hot off the press. Make sure to visit PIMagazine.com for details. Check out Matt's columns on Podcasting 101 and PI Perspectives. Hey, get ready for a major announcement next week regarding Investigators-Toolbox.com. Now let's drop in on Danielle and your host, Private Investigator Matt Spare. Welcome everybody to the next episode of PI Perspectives. This is Matt Spare, your host. Today, we are visiting one of the no-no states. We're heading down to Florida. I uh, discovered Danielle Hall from Watchpoint on uh, social media and watched a couple of her videos and and dug into what her business, Watchpoint, does. I came across some really cool ideas and and things I thought were really neat. So I reached out to Danielle on LinkedIn, said, hey, we got to chat. They're on lockdown like big time down in Florida here for uh, having those numbers spike back up. So it was pretty easy to schedule a, a phone call here. So Danielle, I want to welcome you to the program. How are you? I'm great, Matt. Thank you so much. How are you today? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. I'm, I'm in New York, so I'm not in Florida. We're we're, uh, we're the good guys now. And it's, it's like a reversal. It used to be uh, the enemy was in New York. Now the enemy <laughs> apparently is from Florida and Arizona. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. So uh, you're you're based out of Bradenton, correct? Correct. So tell me what's going on down there. Well, down uh, down in, in the Tampa Bay area, unfortunately, we've kind of hit another COVID spike. So working from home, grateful to be working from home and being able to remain operationally efficient while uh, our investigators, our digital investigators are still working from home, our marketing team, sales teams, uh, we're still able to, to remain operationally efficient despite the changes. And what does your client base look like? Well, we serve a couple of different markets. So we are a a full SIU designate for a number of companies and a number of carriers and TPAs. We also serve the legal community through our litigation support unit. We have an intellectual property unit as well. And then our brand and bully armor programs, our brand armor programs really focuses on corporations and business leaders, while our bully armor program is more of our uh, B2C type program where we're right. serving individual families. Right. Yeah. We're going to dig into that a little bit because that was something that caught my eye. I thought was really, really interesting. So later on the program, we'll, we'll dig into that. So um, how many investigators do you have working for you? What's your network look like? Well, we have about, I would say, 18 operational components in office. The majority of that is our digital investigators. And then we have a broad network of field investigators, adjusters, uh, online adjusters, and other investigative professionals out in the field. Uh, that we That's a network we tap into. It's about 230 uh, at our disposal. Wow. Okay. That's a big number. So 
what was the pivot like for you during COVID? I mean, how did you see your business change and what did you guys do to survive and kind of get through everything? I would say the, the evolution of how we meet and network with our clientele, obviously everything has been switched over to virtual, right? We're not able to travel right now. Uh, we've kind of limited that. So there's been more Zoom calls and go-to meetings and Teams meetings to where I'm able to kind of have that first touch point be virtual, which has been a really great change and actually something that I'm hoping stays even with, as COVID kind of ebbs and flows, hoping to hold on to that. You know, it's great to go to conferences and network in those settings, but there's something to be said about having a face-to-face kind of com- from the comfort of your office at people's convenience uh, has been a really great impact and something that I've seen change on the sales side. Yeah, I think you're right on, the, on that aspect. Um, I think the ability to get those meetings are going to be a lot easier um, where you, instead of necessarily going to someone's office and sitting down, you know, just say, hey, man, do you have like 10 or 15 minutes to jump on a Zoom call and, you know, let, let me share my uh, screen and show you some of the cool things that we're doing. I think it's a lot easier to lock somebody down because I feel like, uh, you know, the it's just easier to make, have them make that commitment. At least that's what I'm seeing. Um, I've been able to do aggressively say, Hey, give me 10 minutes and you know, let me, let me talk to you about what I'm doing. And uh, you know, it, it, it's interesting for me in being in New York and in New York city, that's changing on my end too. Right. So me actually traveling into the city, as much as I love being in New York city, I don't know how, how many days I'm going to actually be in there because I don't have to, I can do these virtual meetings um, instead of that, you know, going and visiting each client's office. So it's, uh, I agree with you. I I hope it stays. I think it's something that probably will because all our uh, dinosaur clients, people that have been around for a while that uh, don't understand technology have have been forced to understand what DocuSign is and Zoom and all that other cool stuff, right? (laughs) Right. I mean, I've had to learn myself, uh, kind of all of the different platforms. And uh, when I, you know, I use a, a, specific platform, but when I'm invited to a new one, it's okay. I have to download this one. I haven't used this one yet. So I'm learning a lot too. (laughs) I know exactly what you're talking about. And it's (laughs) like, I got to show up like five minutes early and and make sure that everything's working properly because it's a new system for me. Right. Right. Okay. So tell me a little bit about your background. You uh, did some time with the uh, Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office, right? A couple of years. What, What exactly did you do over there for them? Yeah, so I'm actually, I have a bachelor's degree in social work. So um, I went to Arizona State, go Sun Devils, and I started working for the state, Arizona, uh, the state of Arizona, excuse me, investigating child abuse. So I was a child safety specialist, a child abuse investigator, both in Arizona, um, and then I moved to Hillsborough County to work for the sheriff's office. That move came because I wanted to be closer to family. That's Florida, uh, but I, Florida right? Hillsborough County? Yeah, Hillsborough. Yeah, yeah that's okay. Tampa. Yep. Yeah. So uh, moved from from Arizona to to Tampa, from Phoenix to Tampa to essentially do the same job. Uh, so I was going out and taking allegations of child abuse, doing my due diligence up front, going out, speaking to the parties involved and essentially being the decision maker on any case that was assigned to me. So whether that was providing intervention, uh, whether that's services or out of home out of home services, out of home care, uh, really just depended. And so my my background is in case management and investigations. So coming over to Watchpoint was kind of a natural fit uh, when it came to managing cases, understanding how to get from point A to point B while doing all of your due diligence and and asking the right questions to get the data 
needed to make a decision. So how did you see like technology change during that time that you were there till, you know, what you're doing now? Cause I mean, the company you're with right now, I think it's, it's cutting edge stuff. So like what type of challenges did you have back working with the sheriff's office and how has it kind of advanced now? Um, I would say that it's, it's very different with regards to the access of, to the tools that I had as an investigator, I relied on partners, whereas at Watchpoint, we are the provider. So when it comes to gathering data, not using, not relying on, on an algorithm, so to speak, but relying on, on human, uh, intuition and investigate investigative intuition, that's the same, but the process in which we gather that information is different at Watchpoint. You know, when we're talking about goals and objectives, when it comes to investigating matters related to families versus matters related to corporations, um, it's, it's a very different process. Same goal, though, at the end of the day, uh, because no one likes to be tricked to, lied to, or treated poorly. And so we gather the data just in a different way. Uh, being able to complete investigations with desktop level at Watchpoint versus solely field investigations has been a, has probably been the biggest change. Yeah, I think any good investigator knows how to balance that, right? There's got to be a little bit of both. You can never completely turn away from the field work, um, but you do have to pepper in that the, the computer research that's uh, important. So <clears throat> I know you talked about the types of clients you, you work for, but that type of research, would you say it's, it's more corporations that you're servicing or um, the everyday, uh, you know, client that's out there? Um, what, what would you say the balance would be? Yeah, I would say the majority of the work that we do is in the work comp space. So investigating work comp fraud. Right. Um, but then that's followed by in litigation support. So our, our legal partners and our SIU partners, especially work comp defense, um, there's a very nice kind of syn uh, synergy, synergetic flow. I don't think that's the right term, uh, but there's a lot there in common, followed up by our brand armor clients. So corporations looking to make the right hire to help reduce turnover, to help understand, understand attrition and how to make the right hire the first time. So there's, there's kind of two two markets here right insurance insurance defense and then corporations no matter how big or small right. um it's not uh we're not solely an siu although that's where we started right. and that's where our strengths are we've just been able able to leverage our digital side right. to apply to a couple of different other areas yeah yeah and um again i think that's all super fascinating stuff we're gonna dig into that actually uh, when we come back, we're going to step out real quick uh, just for a sponsor break. And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about brand armor. We're going to talk about bully armor. And I, I want to understand what that technology is and uh, how that all works. So hang tight and we will be right back. This episode is sponsored by Scope Now. Have you tried Scope Now 3.0 yet? Scope Now offers a state of the art platform with the power and speed of automated intelligence. Visit scopenow.com for details. Use code PIP20 to receive additional benefits. Stop by the PI Institute of Education at piinstitute.com. Since 1989, Kelly Riddle has been teaching on subjects such as surveillance, nursing home investigations, insurance fraud, domestic investigations, hidden assets, and accident scene investigations. Check out the site today and brush up on your skills. And welcome back, everybody. Uh, we're here at, at uh, PI Perspectives, and today we are down in Florida, and we're talking to Danielle Hall from Watchpoint. So, Danielle, welcome back to the program. 
Thank you. Okay, so brand armor, bully armor. Uh, tell me the premise of this. What what is it? How does it work? Um, how what should other investigators know about it uh, as a potential service that they can offer to their clients? I appreciate it. It's a it's a pretty unique product. Uh, my boss was actually kind of sitting on his couch watching football one day. That's how he tells the story, and watched a a news article about or a news story about how a a college player looking to go pro, football player looking to go pro, was supposed to be was was a highly kind of picked uh, athlete when it came to the draft. Well, the night before draft night, a tweet was released about something that this player had said when he was a teenager, and he fell. Uh, and when he he fell in the draft, obviously that he lost dollars because of because of that indiscretion that had happened years prior. So he was sitting on his couch and goes, wait, I can do something about that. So we started speaking to schools and different just institutions to talk about how can we help prepare your young athletes for the future? So how can we set up your 17 year old quarterback? He's a senior and he's looking to go to a university of his choice. But maybe he started using Twitter when he was 13 and there's probably some content on there that, you know, as he grows older, might not might not like might not want out there and and could be regrettable. So could be uncomfortable, right? Exactly. So we're working with it started off with students to kind of help protect their brand. That's where the name comes from to go in and provide a complete social media and Internet mining investigation to identify harmful material. And so we we pitched this idea to an institution who said, this is great, but can you also do it for our employees? Because that's where we're seeing an issue, right. is our employees are going online and posting things that they shouldn't on their social media or in chat rooms. And so that's where we expanded. Because in SIU, we can do a complete, we call it a digital intelligence gathering. It's right. an internet mining. We right. call it a dig because we're clever. Right. So we can do that there. So we can also do it for, for pre-employment. We can understand someone's digital footprint before they're hired or as an existing employee to help alleviate some concerns related to maybe they post something that would alienate a client base or a customer base or a fan base if we're talking about a team. Right. Uh, we can go in and see if there's any any material that would kind of cast the organization in a negative light. We can also go in and and help those kind of aspiring college students before they go and apply for their first big, uh, for their first big adult job to go in and take a look at their digital footprint and say, Hey, you know, you posted this tweet in 2010. I know you probably don't remember it, but here it is. And it gives them the opportunity to take it down. Or at least have an explanation, right? When they're questioned about it, right? Absolutely. Get in front of it. Get in front of it early and know what's out there. Yeah. So let me ask you a question because I I think, you know, that type of technology, I've dabbled in it before with a couple of different uh, providers and it's it's really neat. One of the ways that I tried to sell it and um, I had a little bit of trouble, I guess, connecting the dots with my clients making the commitment. And I wonder if it's the same for you. So on the personal injury side, you know, we were trying to push that technology for uh, clients to monitor their own clients, right? You've got this big personal injury case. It's going to take two or three years now for it to hit the courtroom. 
we should be watching <laughs> our own clients because we know the defense is going to be watching them as well and try and get in front of things and, and doing that. Has it been your experience in those types of cases, uh, you know, working uh, on both sides that you've, you've been asked to do that, that kind of stuff? Because I think, you know, as, as an investigator, being able to offer that type of service to your client, it's something they might be interested in doing, especially on a bigger case. Yes, absolutely. So a part of the Brand Armor program was we also developed an app for ongoing monitoring to where a stakeholder has a push notification, receives a push notification alert whenever a red flag is raised. So they're able to see it, that, that something had happened and we can set it to a certain cadence because the difference between us and a couple of the other providers out there is we're not algorithm based. We have technology. We love technology and we use it to help facilitate our investigations. But all of the data that is streamed and pulled is also qualified. Right. So there's a two-step process, right? right. It's like an authentic, uh, I can't say the word. Anyway, Authenticity. Yeah, I got you. Thank I think you. That's what you're going for, right? <laughs> I was, I was. You're welcome. We're a tag team today. <laughs> and so, you know, we have the technology and we pull it, but then we're also going to go and qualify it. Right. Something that an algorithm solution won't pick up is memes or videos or right. photos, something that doesn't offer textual context. Right. Um, emojis is a really big one. You might have, it could be a claimant, it could be an employee, but someone could post something, you know, not, not the subject, but, you know, a known family member or, or close associate might post something online, right. but the subject might respond to that with a thumbs up. Yep. Well, an algorithm, if it's only searching keywords, isn't going to catch that emoji and isn't going to understand that they're responding to something in the affirmative. Right. Same with ever evolving slang. Same with, with words that replace vowels with symbols right. to spell out something right. uh, because they don't want to spell the exact word, but they can quote, you know, they can, they can type up something close to it. So we're going through and qualifying that um, in addition to obviously using technology to help the process, right. but that's not where we stop. Yeah. That's always been like my fear on this, right? Um, the uh, AI that you're using is, is maybe taking something out that it shouldn't take out. Like you always wanted to have your eyes on it anyway. So I, I always gravitated towards the service providers that had that both, right. That had the computer stuff, but it also had real eyes looking at something going, oh, we took this out, but maybe we should put it back in. Um, I always found that to be the most successful, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's fascinating technology. And I think there are opportunities for investigators actually to market and sell this stuff to their clients, knowing that, it, that the technology is out there and they can actually do it. On my end, I'll tell you a story real quick. It was about a year ago, maybe a year and a half. There was a, a law firm that had um, a substantial uh, settlement offer. It was like seven or $8 million on a, on a case. And the injured party decided to go on vacation. And he went to vacation to the Dominican Republic, right? So the insurance company figured out uh, or, or figured out where they were monitoring him, right? And um, he went and po- there was a, a video on YouTube of him like po- uh, dancing, right? Doing um, salsa or something like that. And the guy was claiming like major injuries that he couldn't do all this stuff. And uh, my, my client found out about it, obviously, because the insurance company notified him. And they said, you know, like, hey, uh, <laughs> what, what were you doing? He goes, oh, I thought it was just the um, the YouTube in the Dominican Republic. I didn't realize that the YouTube in the United States was going to pick it up. It's like, hey, man, there's only one YouTube. It's it's all over the place. So he ended up right. having having to take like $4 million less than what they initially offered. Um, so it was a big, big hit. And uh, it's crazy. 
you know, that, that the ability to, um, to go out and watch, um, that kind of stuff. It's, uh, it's very interesting. So do you see yourself like or your business getting involved with that and being hired to do that kind of uh, uh, monitoring research on um, personal injury cases on both sides? We do. We do. And it's it's interesting because I have a, a similar story where we were able to save our client because we used digital intelligence and leveraged our digital investigators on a case. We were able to save them dollars because our client wanted to go out and do surveillance. We said, hang on, let's start with an internet deep dive, an internet mining investigation. So it was a work case. Uh, Claimant hid, claimed back injury. Uh, Back injury couldn't work uh, upwards of a year. And so we decided to take a look at her her social media. And we were able to see that this individual was um, an actress, a stage actress, and was working on on her acting career. So she was singing and dancing on stage, but also traveling out of state on planes, flying to places to also continue her, her acting career. So rather than going to surveillance and spending dollars on surveillance, because it is, it is more costly. Oh, definitely. We were able, yeah. we, we were able to take what we found online, but then go straight to statement taking recorded statements to get an idea of what her activity was like both past and present. Uh, there were also a couple productions kind of in the wings, pun intended. And so we were able to really gather a great snapshot to show that she was able to, to, to do these things. She was just saying she couldn't, couldn't work, but she could continue to sing and dance on stage, right? Uh, saving our client dollars in the long run. Well, that's good. That's good. I mean, it's, uh, it's interesting what you can find out there. And, um, so tell me a little bit about the, the bully armor, because that's kind of a little pivot, taking the same technology and pivoting a little bit differently and looking for different things. Yeah, so bully armor is is very similar to brand armor. So brand armor, you're working with people in their careers and corporations hiring people. Bully armor, we're working with families, individual families, to help monitor their children's social media. Now, the difference between bully armor and a standard uh, parental control app that you've probably heard of right. is we aren't monitoring. We're not going into the child's phone. We're not uh, requesting access or permissions. We are uncovering the 60% of social media accounts that parents don't know about. Right. Uh, because if they know about, perfect example, right? When I was in high school, my parents told me, Danielle, you can't have a Facebook. So what did I do? I downloaded Facebook and I had a Facebook. That's how I talked to my friends. But they didn't know that. And so that's no different now. Shame because, on you. And it's, <laughs> <laughs> you're, a, you're a bad girl. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's even worse now because yeah. you don't have just Facebook, right? right. You yeah. have Instagram and, and TikTok, TikTok yeah. um, and all of these different platforms. So well. You know, we we've gone in and we've provided some coaching and teaching to parents about, you know, talk to your kids about social media and, you know, when it comes to kind of safety steps. Right. right. Don't post photos because uh, geotagging location can be scrubbed from those, um, making sure that kids don't post photos in their school uniform and just oh, yeah. kind of those those safety uh, kind of measures. Yeah. Oh, it's, it, brand, these are definitely good points. With brand armor, we go a step further and we identify where things are occurring. So whether it's an act of cyberbullying, an act of predatory behavior, or just misguided content being posted somewhere. You know, if you look at at YouTube 
and you look at the comments in in a YouTube video, sometimes those comments are more entertaining than the actual video. Right. <laughs> what yeah. people say when they think that oh, no one will ever find this. Right. We're in chat rooms. Right. When uh when you Google something, you're only capturing about four percent of the internet. The remaining ninety six percent sits in the deep and dark web. So those Yahoo groups chat pages that you may have participated in at you know some point, uh, that's still cached and cataloged. It's like the world's largest filing cabinet. Sure. And so we're there to protect those who who post in these forums right. because nothing on the internet's ever truly deleted. Right. Yeah. I mean, listen, that, that's what Reddit is for, right? <laughs> we learn how to find things in Reddit. So. <laughs> right. And it's, it's right. pretty scary what, what you can find out there. Um, so uh, I, I'm, I'm curious, have you ever done any work with, um, with schools where maybe a school is monitoring their system? Because I, I know like it was a lot easier a couple of years ago when they used to have the actual geofencing, the companies were doing geofencing where they could set up a perimeter and monitor. And I remember there was all these instances coming up. There was one actually up around where I live here where um, a kid had, had threatened to like shoot the school up and uh, they, they were able to catch him. Um, the sheriff's office had, was running one of these programs and they were able to actually get it. And it was pretty, uh, pretty amazing. Do you do anything for those type of, um, institutions where you're, you're monitoring a space? I guess now you'd have to do it via keywords and stuff like that. You think you can't really do fencing anymore, but you guys, um, do you do that kind of stuff? We do. We offer, we talk to a lot of schools. We offer a lot of different programs, more so in the brand armor space. Uh, we went to the NFHS convention where we spoke with athletic directors. Uh, that kind of goes back to brand armor and right. helping teams kind of set their set their students up for success. Right. Uh, with bully armor rolling out, uh, we have a, a bully armor uh, website where we also talk about schools who are interested in taking kind of those preventative measures on the bully armor side, right. because not every student's an athlete. Some students, you know, enjoy different things. I was a, I was a theater kid in school. So there's so many different clubs and organizations that when we started with brand armor, we were really focusing on athletics with right. bully armor. We can focus on the whole student body. Right. So you were a kid on Facebook uh, and probably in a the theater group, right? I, that's, yep. That's me. <laughs> we got you. <laughs> So um, how do you uh, how do you attack Snapchat? So Snapchat is interesting because it's it's only going to be a matter of time. Now this is this is me being a uh, uh, oh what's the word that I'm searching for conspiracy theorist. There you it's go. just a matter of time that all of those photos that are saved in your drafts. There's going to be a hacker one day, right. and you know every all of those posts that everyone goes no 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 it went away. No, it didn't. Because if you look at Snapchat, you can download it and it saves to your phone. So what we find with Snapchat being kind of the biggest problem are those who screenshot it. Now, granted, people, users are notified when a Snapchat is screenshot, uh, screenshot, screenshot. And then that content is still shared on other public forums. Now, the other thing that people don't think about is Snapchat is a really great investigative tool. Because when you're trying to look for usernames, Usernames on Snapchat usually coincide with your Instagram right. uh, username. So while, you know, we don't false friend, we won't go in and pretend to be someone that we aren't. But the tools that are available and the public information that's available, we use 
to also kind of attack different social media platforms right. uh, because we won't go in and say, hey, I'm, you know, Danielle's actually Jane Doe and she wants to be your friend because X, Y, or Z. We won't do it. Uh, but there's a lot of information still publicly available that we're able to kind of use to fit in the uh, the rest of the puzzle. Yeah, it's uh, really interesting stuff. Um, so you didn't, don't give me like, Super specific cases, but give me some instances where brand armor and bully armor were, were utilized and came in and saved the day. Um, okay, I appreciate it. We had a a client who had a we were monitoring one of his uh, supervisors, um, and the supervisor had posted on Facebook that he was unhappy that he felt that his company had lied to him kind of went on, on a bit of a rant online about how he felt that he wasn't being used to his fullest potential. And so the stakeholder was alerted. And again, it's not because we're looking to, to get employees in trouble or anything like that. It just facilitated a healthy conversation between a supervisor who didn't feel valued and a stakeholder who didn't know. So they facilitated a conversation and the supervisor was able to be kind of reallocated into a role that better fit him. No right. one quit. No one got fired. And we had a happy ending. Nobody shot up so, the place too. That's a good thing. And exactly. Yeah. Exactly. No yeah. one's disgruntled. We were able to handle that up front. No, nobody burned the place down because their stapler was taken away. That's, that's a good thing. No. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But you know, and the other thing too, is we, we kind of test tested uh, bully armor before we went to market and you know bully armor has been on the market now two two months and because it's brand armor right just right. kind of reinvented to a different sure. to a different uh, market so we were able to test run bully armor and we compared it to an algorithm solution a parental control app that ran on an algorithm and my my coworker who had tested it out responded to something his child had posted about good grades, right? She had gotten straight A's and he goes, you're killing it. Then he got flagged on the parental control app because (laughs) he was bullying his daughter. Shame on him. (laughs) So it was a perfect example of how if bully armor was applied in that situation, we wouldn't have flagged that. We wouldn't have said that, that this parent is harassing his child in a negative way. Um, and as a former child abuse investigator, I am glad that we wouldn't do something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But it it kind of proves that that the using human intelligence, using digital intelligence combined, eliminates those false positives. Sure, sure. So where do you see the technology going with this stuff? Like, what's the next step, do you think? You know, when it comes to... I would honestly say growth in in our human capital. I think that that's kind of our next step is we've we do so many internet mining investigations in all of these markets, right? Insurance, uh, legal, and then for brand and bully armor. So quite honestly, it's it's looking for more human capital who understands investigations, right. um, because everything everyone we hire is specialized in a specific space. So, you know, our director of investigations heads up our fraud and compliance unit. He's a walking encyclopedia for fraud. You know, I I do a lot of the, I head up uh, all of the marketing efforts 
Right. But my background's in investigations. Sure. So bringing on new, fresh talent that understands how to dive down those rabbit holes. I think that's our next step. Right. Okay. All right. Well, that's fair enough. So um, how do folks get a hold of you if they were interested in, you know, trying to market this to their client or maybe they had a lead where uh, one of their clients was interested in doing this kind of stuff? Uh, how would they get a hold of you? Um, I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, as you know, personally, yes, uh, I'm on <laughs> I'm TikTok on too, apparently. <laughs> TikTok too. We do have a TikTok page. We're all, you know, we're on the socials. We're a, a digital intelligence company. So you can find us on Facebook, uh, Instagram. I even made a Pinterest. Yeah. Um, so everything is, is kind of available on each platform, you know, working to, to get us on you, number one on Google, uh, has been, uh, has been a pretty big stride, but LinkedIn is great. Uh, we have a watch point, watch point, SIU.com. Bully armor has its own website. It's mybullyarmor.com. Mm. Uh, that's our, that's our, you know, B2C platform. So anyone sure. can go on and purchase that for their, for their family. Right. Um, but yeah, no, send me a, a, a message or, or send an email. Um, you know, either way, all my contact information is on LinkedIn. Yeah. And you know, you made it big time when you have an actual blooper reel, which is pretty awesome. <laughs> We're working on <laughs> blooper reel number two. We've had a, we, we push out a lot of digital content. It's a lot of fun. Just remember it stays out there forever. It does. <laughs> you said it, it does, yourself. It I did. I did. Right. I know in 20 years, in 20 years, I'm going to uh, have my own kids run up to me and be like, Hey, did you know you're on the internet? <laughs> Here's a lady with, who's got a lot of uh, pronunciation problems. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so listen, this was fun. This is really cool. I, um, I wanted to have you on, um, to talk about this stuff because I think it, it is an aspect of, of investigations that maybe the average investigator doesn't consider or, or know that, that it's out there. I'm always on the forefront of trying to push technology and things that are new uh, that are out there for, for folks in our industry. And um, yeah, that's why I was interested in having you on because I, I think it's, it's, it's a great product and it's something uh, that I think other investigators can actually, you know, think about using you guys and, and, and partnering up and, and um, you know, pushing that kind of service to the market for it. So uh, thank you so much, Danielle, for coming on and uh, good luck down in Florida there. Hopefully uh, you guys will be released again soon and uh, you can come up and visit New York apparently. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Hopefully <laughs> soon. Hopefully soon. But uh, I appreciate the time. Yeah. Now, thank you so much. Yeah, it's not, not a problem. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. And uh, we'll catch you guys uh, on the next show. Take care, everyone. Big thanks to Danielle for coming on and teaching us about this platform. Remember to keep WatchPoint in mind if you think this service could help one of your clients. Contact Danielle to discuss referral options. Also, follow her on social media for some great videos and updates. Thanks to Crosstrack, ScopeNow, and PI Institute for Education for sponsoring this show. Now check out their sites and consider using their services. Make sure to use code PIP20 for additional savings. Have a question or comment for the show? Email Matt at MatthewS at SatellitePI.com. MatthewS at SatellitePI.com. You can also find them on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. We want your feedback to bring you the best shows possible. Next week, Rachel Cronenfeld from the Hetherington Group, joins us to discuss research tips and some of the great material available from Cynthia and her team. Now have a great week, stay safe, and thanks for tuning in to PI Perspectives.